So I, you know, I have just a few things to say about this um, this chapter, which we're mainly going to be focusing on today: uh, the shadow of the past. Which I I got a bone to pick <clears throat> with the author of this book. Okay, I don't like. Why did they take a, the name of one of the greatest episodes from the Rings of Power? And um... <laughs> <laughs> But look, we're not here to talk about them. Rings of Power. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, I won't do it anymore. It right. never gets old. Okay, okay, I guess not. But um, no, but I was going to say about this chapter, it's shite. No, it, it's not shite. But no, um, no, no. but we can have just kind of a. We don't have to stick to the chapter mm. necessarily. We could have a kind of a wide ranging, cozy discussion well, about. Uh, Basically, this whole. But did you have anything was, uh, to introduce the conversation for today, or go ahead? Not really. <laughs> next week, pressure's though, on. However, next week is going to be wonderful. <laughs> oh yeah, we might have a guest next week. I think well, we know him as PB and Jason, but I don't. PB, I don't know. Oh the, yeah, P, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, he does go by PB and Jason. Yeah. Thought, okay. So we might be joined by PB and Jason. Right. A fun, great. a fun guy. We'll, a, he's a, he's a fun guy. He's, He's like an amoeba or a fun guy. Yeah. Right. Dad jokes in the house. Wonderful sense of humor. <laughs> You're a fun guy. Hey, You're like uh, a toadstool. Hey. No, we haven't um, gotten a shortcut mm, to mushrooms yet, so we'll save that yeah, joke for yeah, another day. Yeah, I uh, you know, here's the one thing I did notice about this whole thing, and it's weird because, again, reading the chapters, the way that... that we have. Um, I've I noticed that that Gandalf is starting to have suspicions of Saruman uh, mm. right now. Right, fairly and fairly like, early. He has, yeah, he's not. He's not. It doesn't seem like he hasn't been captured yet because that was like when they were going to Bree. But yeah, yeah, he was. He foreshadowed the shit out of uh, out of uh, you know the reference. The reference to uh, Saruman in uh, in Shadow of the Past did strike me too as something like, "Huh." He he talks about Saruman, and he he gives us reason to sus- be suspicious of Saruman even yeah, yeah, early yeah. on. And I guess I never noticed that before. But what struck me is, of course, and I almost put myself since I'm reading this again for the first time in many many years. While I'm reading it, I'm kind of remembering myself reading it from when I was very young and thinking, yeah. oh. So in a way, it's like, because it's been so long, I feel like I'm, in a sense, reading it for the first time. And I'm imagining, right, right. like, ooh, what did my 13-year-old brain think when reading this for the first time? Because in a sense, I'm rereading it for the first time, if that makes sense. Right, right. And, of course, the name Saruman, because I had not read it yet and I didn't know the story, it went straight over my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because you don't know who this this person is. It's just a random <clears throat> name. But real quick, reading it now for the uh, reading it anew, it made me think. Like, and speaking of our the title of our sh- series, speculative Tolkienism. Um, I ask you, two sheds, what if instead of the name Saruman, uh, Tolkien had landed on the name Greg? For that what? character, Greg, <laughs> Greg, I don't know, or just some name. The thing is, is like, 
don't you think by calling him Saruman, he's going to end up being kind of like a Sauron character? Like those names are so similar. A little bit, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, no, they're a very bit, similar. yeah. <laughs> a bit, a bit, yes. A bit, a bit, a bit, a bit. A bit. He has got a wart. What, what do you think? I was like, Saruman. Well, can, can, can you build a bridge for out an of uninformed, <clears throat> We could build a bridge out of her. For, for the uninformed, new, the neophyte who's just turning himself... Getting, getting turned on to Tolkien, yeah, okay. he would probably get those names confused. Like, oh, Saruman, Sauron. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're almost know, interchangeable. Hey, interesting fact. So in the Ralph Bakshi uh, version of Lord of the Rings, they called Saruman Arrowman because they did feel like that uh, that oh. um, they would get confused. I, with, can't, I think I do remember that. And but they, then they, they would, but if they, they call him Araman, then they're going to get him confused with Aragorn. Right, but they went back to Saruman. But there's a few lines where you can hear him say Araman because I was like, I remember thinking like that's weird when I was a kid, you know. Interesting. And, um, yeah, Interesting. yeah. Um, and and um, you can hear it. <clears throat> you can hear it for sure. Like when um, when Frodo's staring into the mirror of Gladriel, mm-hmm. right, and he's like. Oh, it's Gandalf. No, no, he's in white. It must be Arrowman. And then he oh, started like, and then and then Gladriel was like, "Do not touch the water." And then said, "I am the the Tempest." <laughs> no, she didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, but the name Arrowman. You know, I know this is a, a tangent, but like. It would be an odd choice too, just because it sounds a like Aragorn, but also like Arrow Man, like he's yeah, yeah, like, he's yeah. a archer of some kind, or Aroma. yeah, it was weird. Like yeah, I, I don't know the stench. reason. I, the only reason that that I like I know that they cho- chose that name was to not conf- get him confused with Sauron, right? But um they never gave a reason why they 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 landed on Araman. Right. As with the the Saruman um like I dude I can't don't know how to say Saruman cuz I used to say Saruman, right? <laughs> and then Saruman, you know, and I still feel weird like like saying Saruman and Sauron, you know, because uh because of Sor- you, you say Saruman? It was it was Saruman, Saruman right? <laughs> Yeah, Saruman. I just say Saruman. Saruman. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But I used to say Saruman, like 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 an S U. Oh, really? Like back when I was a kid, and it just kind of stuck with me the whole time. And Sor- uh, Sauron, you know, Sauron, and now Sour, you know, and and this whole pronunciation thing of the movies and like because you read you read the word and you pronounce it a certain way in your head, mm. you know, and then you yeah. hear it and it's reinforced because like. It used to be like Balin in the seventies, and then I heard Balin, and that was back to Balin again. And it's like you know, it's like, what the shit, man? This anyway, sorry. Right, so, that um, was a weird no, left turn right there. No, no, no. I, I, I it, it's a bit of a left turn, but I don't mind. Like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm like that too. I, I like to pronounce things correctly usually, but sometimes I just get so set in my ways with the pronunciation I've always used. I mean. Yeah, main case yeah. in point is Tolkien. I always yeah, have said Tolkien, and of course it's supposed to be Tolkien or something, and they emphasize the e. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, know. I think Tolkien's <clears throat> close enough, and uh, that's just how I say his name. I know, but but you, I mean, you I could know, say Tolkien, and it's it's it to me, it's kind of the the distinction's quite 
subtle and dude you know what it is too it's like the difference between hand solo and han solo you know what i'm talking about right I, is one I, is one I, correct uh, it's supposed to be han solo but like we always used to say hand solo you know and right it's like will <clears throat> will hardcore star wars people like look no look because down you, have, you? you have you have the, you have the the out for hand solo because uh hand because uh lando calrissian uh said hand and that was like the uh a thing that that billy d williams used to well, right well maybe it was his like sky world dialect or whatever he was from uh, what, cloud, yeah. cloud colony yeah what, what uh, where did bespin. he live? the cloud city of bespin so, right that uh, was his own special dialect Right? Can I? Can I mean, I check I, for my for my nerd. Uh, I mean, my, my nerd badge. There. Yeah, Tolkien was Tolkien. I think himself was any anyone who studies language is very forgiving because part of the thing you study when you study language is its morphologies and it's the ways the ways it changes the way language changes through time and in space. Like, oh, this right. region over here and this region over there. He studied Anglo-Saxon and Anglo-Saxon itself. Um, old English, sorry, the language Old English of the Anglo-Saxons, right. Anglo-Saxon tribes. Uh, people make that a distinction like, oh, there is no language Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> There's the tribe Anglo-Saxon. They speak Old English. But I studied Old English Wait, in college. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can, I, can I sidebar this real quick? Yes. Um, can you imagine? Oh, Jan Ronald, what are you going to study in the in 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 university, <laughs> I'm gonna study old English. So you bastard! <laughs> that is a useless major. Wait, who? who <laughs> Tolkien's mom? Know. Tolkien's mom or his dad? Or no, know, she right? would. I, she was dead, so it would have been like his um, guardian, yeah, Father Francis or whatever. Yeah. Like, um, why, why don't you study bricklaying? <laughs> Useful. <laughs> oh right. Uh, you can you gotta join work the down Masons. Got to work down at the mill. Yeah. Those cross the cross beam the cross beams out of skill on the treadle. <laughs> You'll know nothing about <laughs> Anyway, but lines. real quick just okay. to finish okay. my Sorry. point if you don't <laughs> mind. Um okay. So, as a as a scholar of old English, Tolkien knew and would have known that um you know, there was no proper I mean, there were proper pronunciations of old English words depending on what part of England you were in, as it is even today, like uh, with modern English. So, you know, if you were studying the Wessex dialect of Anglo-Saxon, you could read, right. like, for instance, just because I, I relish this opportunity, I'm going to speak okay. some old English. So, like, for instance, a little bit? In, we in, in Wessex, <laughs> I'm just making this up, but you would say right. something like, which is the first few lines of the dream of the brood um i think yes that you're speaking uh 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 the the black speech the black speech yeah yes that was the language that uh gandalf didn't want to speak in the room of uh bag end yeah but if if i were speaking like uh uh, Essex or a uh, Sussex dialect, it would sound like. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You didn't laugh. <laughs> it would sound like. <laughs> I would do, sound I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm lagging. Right. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. 
Hold on, just give me like I'm lagging like really hard. Oh, really? Like, as far as like um, oh, for yeah, what you hear like, of my it's, of it's, my it's, end? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, it looks like, good I on my side. I, I, like, okay, that's cool. Okay, so all that old English stuff was simply to say that uh, when you study language, I think you become very forgiving about pronunciation, and so oh. people people aren't as like strict and regimented about no, it must be pronounced this way. Um, whether to- I, I actually don't know whether Tolkien ever expressed that view, but I imagine that because people he knew that people, you know, uh, pronounce things differently depending on when and where they lived. And uh, me as an American, or you know, being an ignorant right. fool, I would <laughs> I could say Tolkien instead of Tolkien, and he probably wouldn't care. No, Sorry. that's good. Right. I'm pro- we're probably going to get hate mail for that for that one. Yeah, I, I know. I, like, look, the, the, give us a break. We're speculative. We're just we're speculating. Spe- yes. <laughs> speculative. Remember. Yes, yes. We're we're making we're, shit up. <laughs> exactly. Do you think? So my point, I guess, is like the serious point is: Do you think Tolkien, being the linguist and the scholar that he was, like, um, that he knew? See, most I think most authors would, you know, it, when you're writing a story people who coach first-time authors they say make sure your characters have very distinct names so people don't get them confused <laughs> like fred <laughs> like, you know what i mean um so you don't want to name two characters like you know robin and robert or you know something like that because right, people right, they, right. they won't be distinct and, i mean enough. again unless it's intentional and less but that's my point like is was <clears throat> do you think it was intentional on tolkien's part like ooh, i i'm going to name them kind of have similar names because in it in the long run they will form an alliance of some well, let kind. me ask you this let me ask you this because tolkien was more scholarly and less authorly right i mean is that um I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's another. That's another interesting question to propose because, uh, in a in one way, reading his biography, I always got the sense that he saw his duties, you know, teaching at Oxford or whatever. I think he probably considered himself a, a professor first and foremost, and not an author. I, well, as a, as far as his professional life went, but I also got the sense that he saw his duties grading papers or whatnot as like just something he had to get through so that he could work on what he really was interested in in his life which is writing his working on okay, his but, myth okay so let me, working let me re- on his legendary let, ref- let me rephrase though so like nowadays like uh say stephen king right i'm lagging i'm lagging oh no i don't see it uh, am i have i caught up you, you look good now yeah okay so so okay so like Stephen King, like studied English, you know, and he was an English teacher, but he like was writing, he had creative writing courses and it was like, it, it was all about learning how to write. Whereas Tolkien, he didn't, he studied language. He did, did he, I mean, again, I, I, I haven't dug. Well, this is the, interesting. Yeah. Um, it's like one of those things, like for instance, I, I don't know how far we want to go into this, but like, I never wanted to take like creative writing courses right even though i have interest in create being a creative writer myself as it were because i felt like it's like i I kept that separate from my school studies i have a training in english literature but it's like more like studying english literature 
But I, well, I how don't... long did it take you to how long did it take you to learn the language when? <laughs> <laughs> mm. No, but like, um, okay. So what you're saying is, yeah, Tolkien. I don't think he saw himself as, although he was a successful published author ever since he published uh, uh, the Hobbit. So for, right. for a good part of his adult life, but it still wasn't his. This, I, I don't think he what he saw it. Uh, he saw himself as a professional author. He was a professional okay, scholar who had a who had a successful book. Right. So here's right. my my question now to to come full circle. Okay. Do you, like as a linguist, he probably did intentionally do that, but he probably just did it as a linguist, not as a literary device that he was aware of. Right. A, and I think this gets to the point. Like Tolkien, I think one of his charms is that he does a lot of things that. You know, a lot of people like if he were ta- the sad thing to think about is that if if a young Tolkien was taking a freshman creative writing course in college, the professor would probably be like, "Wrong, oh, wrong, wrong, wrong!" wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Saruman and Sarn, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Oh, so we got a scholar, an author in the room, eh? <laughs> Well, look, he's there. He's Bill Shakespeare. Hold on. I'm, dude, 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 hold on. You know, like my Chris Farley? <laughs> what was that? Is that from Bill and Ted's Sex No, no, no. It's um Chris Farley where he's like the oh. motivational speaker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's like, oh, we got a writer. He's like, <laughs> my son's smoking doobie. <laughs> I know. Oh, young Tolkien, you're drinking a pint down at the, at the yeah, uh, whatever. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, Anyway, so my, back the, the point I guess to make is that uh, Tolkien broke a lot of kind of what quote unquote rules, but I think obviously that is a good thing because what he wrote retains a charm of a person who's not a professional, you know, writer. He didn't see him. Right. I don't think he saw himself as such, although he's, you know, obviously gifted, you know, right, right. It wasn't his bread and butter. Uh, but, but again, I, like, like here's the thing too, and 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 a lot of this is like, like Tolkien's work, and Tolkien's writing um, is very charming and, and 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 great, right? But it reminds me in some ways of his paintings that he uses to illustrate. Mm. You know, where there's something about it, like there's competent. You know, it's 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 not correct. But there's something there that is just oh yeah crap yes you know what I'm yeah. saying no there, there's a childlike innocence uh, and I I, I kind of don't like to use that term for want of a better expression right, or a better right. term yeah it's yeah. like a childlike innocence um, you know because I don't want to give credence to like um, you know that I don't want to give kids any credit any more credit because <laughs> no I, I mean there's kids, that whole movement dumb until they were like uh, you know right right. No, right there's whole that there's that whole outsider artist movement that's like um daniel johnston and stuff like that and people you know that i that i like yeah. uh but certain people like billy childish i think or even our great friend tracy emman might yeah. take it too far as like you know they almost revel in the fact that they are doing art that is childlike like oh it's right, just right. scribbles and i don't think tolkien was that kind of outsider. No, artist. no, you know no, what no, I mean. I, he yeah, was an outsider, but not like he didn't revel in the scribble. In fact, he went. He almost went the opposite direction. 
actually, I was going to bring this in, uh, if you don't mind, because it relates sure. to. Let's get into. Let's get into. I want to draw in a few texts, but first, I want to talk about Shadow of the Past. Okay. Um, and compare it to something. So, in that the Shadow why, of the like. Like why else would we be here? <laughs> why else would we be here? I know. Uh, are you kidding me? So, um, so as we get into Shadow of the Past, it first starts out that um, a kind of a, a thesis that we were developing last time about Tolkien's interest in starting this quest off small and in the mundane realm of like the garden potatoes and tomatoes and clipping the hedge and all this really mundane like almost garden level vegetate almost vegetable level stuff concerns of hobbits okay. shadow of the past starts off uh with some again kind of gossip between sam and ted sandyman right yeah, yeah. but it also talks about frodo saying that uh he found himself Wondering at times, especially in the autumn, autumn about the wild lands and strange visions of mountains that he had never seen came into his dreams. He began to say to himself, <clears throat> perhaps I shall cross the river myself one day, to which the other half of his mind always replied, not yet. One, there's this romance that I have to point out of the autumn and how one gets restless in the autumn. Yeah. And I know that you're that way too. And he's also approaching like his 50th year. He's approaching middle age. And you... There's this this little romance of like, like the autumn comes and there's that feeling of like wanting to go explore. Um, it makes you think like, is there more to life than just the daily routine and the rut that I have like kind of rutted out in my daily existence? The, the answer, and the answer to that is YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the answer is YouTube. Um, so here we see Frodo kind of wondering what's on, on the borders of the Shire, right? And especially in the autumn when he gets kind of this right. wanderlust. And he looked at maps and wondered what lay beyond their edges. Maps made in the Shire showed mostly white spaces beyond the uh, beyond its borders. Yeah. And he took to wandering further afield, more often by himself, and Mary and his other friends watched him anxiously. So there is weird, this... though. No, <clears throat> oh, go ahead. The 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 fact that Mary and Sam and Pippin, right, and like to a lesser degree, Fatty, um, Fatty watched him. They they had no reason to watch him. That's like the one thing that I noticed. It's like there's like a lot of hints, right? Mm. That like you know to jump chapters. Mm-hmm. where Sam was spying on Frodo because they're afraid they were going to up and leave at the Shire. But, like, why was he spying on Frodo? You know what I'm talking about? Like, they... Well, I, like, I, I don't see it so much as spying. Like, here, to me, it, it always... I always thought it just meant, like... Like, if you have a, a friend that's, like, an alcoholic or something, right, and you, right, you're but, like, oh, there they go again to get more right, alcohol you, or whatever, okay, like... So, it's more like, oh, it's that level of concern. Like, I'm oh, seeing may, this yeah. person go off again. Actually, maybe it's like, maybe it is 50, and they're like, oh, Bilbo did this, and this dude is maybe that like too. Bilbo. But, you know, rumor has it, Bilbo was just like this, and look what trouble he found. And so I'm worried that Frodo's going to follow in his footsteps. Now, back to what I was saying. So 
when I was talking about how Frodo seemed to be interested in the borders of the Shire, and he started to wander right. beyond them, and he started focusing on the um, the white spaces beyond the the map, where the map ends, right. where the maps of the Shire ends, and there was like nothingness beyond. That is, I I, I noticed that when we when rereading this uh, chapter, because. It struck me because I know Tolkien was really into this idea of um, the be- like the beyond, the romance of the beyond and the romance of distance. Right. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, yeah. I, I just said, I used a two shedsism. Do you hear me? No, I said, no. you know what I'm talking about? Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I said, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I, anyway. dude, I, I didn't even notice that because I'm like, uh, yes. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm turning into you. I know. No, but okay. So <laughs> all that, all that years and treasures. You're finally spent rubbing in off school. on me, right? Yeah. So I just wanted to say that Tolkien was really into this idea of distance and how, when there is this sense of distance, like distant mountains, that that was like so evocative and romantic. Uh, for him and he always wanted to explore that distance like he sees distant mountains they they have like this purple mist around them and he's really wondering like what could possibly be like hidden in that purple mist or whatever what kind of what, what kind of food is up there what kind of food is up there <laughs> but he also expressed that whenever he was he expressed a disappointment that whenever he went to try to reach those distances by by going there, they kind of lost some of their charm and they lost some of their um, enchantment, enchanting quality, and they became mere surroundings. Um, Right. And I always really liked that, that he noticed that and that he liked to describe it. And I think this idea, like, beyond the borders, it's mysterious, uh, and you actually can't go there because as soon as you get there, it becomes disen- you become disenchanted by that distance so that because the distance has been traversed and then it becomes mere surroundings. You don't think about it, you know, but it makes sense because, I mean, it, it, and that can kind of like probably go for, for anything, you know, like, right. what, like, you know, like to use it in that, like, like you see that new guitar, right? That like, man, I gotta buy that guitar, bro, 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 and then you get it, it's like, yeah, okay, it's kind of sucks. It is totally <laughs> like that. Like people yeah. who are shopaholics or who have this need yeah. to like, they see something in a store, it's not theirs, they desire it, and as soon as you acquire that thing that's desired, it becomes yours, and it so it loses some of that luster. It loses. Yeah, it's like the it's like it's like the mundane, you know. Yeah, it's like it's oh, like I, I, it, yeah, that happens to me all the time where I'm like, oh, I gotta have you that. Know what? And then, it, it, in a weird way, it's like I, I like I've been at like been at some gigs right where I'm running sound and it is painful to watch these bands right. It's absolutely painful, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like like no one's into it. People are booing and blah 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 blah. Really, but people are booing. Are, well, not booing, but they're like walking out. You know, okay. I mean, it's like casino. I mean, what are you gonna? Oh, do, right, right, right. But but those are the best stories to tell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> After the fact. If if Tolkien wrote chapter two, Lord of the Rings, the Dark Lord sits on his throne and, you know, rubs his hands together and he's ready to scheme his way. In, you know, where Sauron is becomes a character, yeah, it would have ruined yeah, yeah. that majesty. Because I think that the reason that 
this uh, novel is uh, the reason Lord of the Rings is effective in one sense is because Sauron is always in the distance, so he's kind of right, this- right. Well, it's 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 the imagination. Um, it, like your imagination will make things. It fills way in the gaps. Scarier. Yeah, it fills in the gaps, and off, uh, oftentimes for the worst. Because, like, I mean, really, Sauron is never really described. I mean, and and it, it, like like. He's walking around, and like the eye of Sauron was kind of like there, and 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 it's but it, it was more of a metaphorically speaking, right? I mean, it right. wasn't like, you know, like he could see stuff, but it was. I mean, and again, like having like the 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 the, the eye on the top of uh, you know Berdir, like staring around everything. That's like a, a really cool visual, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, look at that, you know. But um, I don't know if they 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 ever really de- like Tolkien ever really described that per se right right so like if I mean, I if know. there had been a scene kind of like from time bandits where the dark lord is actually in the room with us saying like right and then it, <laughs> his servants is like we could turn beans Computers, into- day one <laughs> we could turn beans into peas master <laughs> oh robert <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> anyway but yeah it's, i think that it just gives it that air of mystery the fact that Sauron's always yeah yeah but but it it makes it way scarier yeah Yeah. and and again just more menacing yeah like a menacing quality yeah what were you gonna say but then again though that's what that's what made the elves way cooler in the book and not on Rings of Power because Because like there is that that air of mystery around him, like there, right. there, you you like your imagination fills in the gaps, you know. And, yeah, and that's right. Yeah, that's right. And that was intentional. That was intentional from Tolkien. Yes. Can I just give? Uh, since I have this, I have leaked sure. by Niggle up here, and I just wanted to say this is obviously not one of his <laughs> most famous works, Leaf by Niggle. But in uh, have you ever read Leaf yeah. by Niggle? Yeah. Um, it's more of he hated allegory, yes, but I kind of, but I kind of see it as kind of an an allegory for the the act of artistic creation. Hello, I'm doing this, nice I'm doing little, this just for the shock value. <laughs> you can not got a nice little pipey pipe. <laughs> Hello, kids, kids are asleep. Wife out of town. I'm smoking now. No, I don't it's, usually it's smoke. It's pipe weed. It's pipe this weed. This is just and, for uh, this is just for the ambiance. For the scholarly, I haven't smoked right. this in months. Right. Anyway, <laughs> it's not marijuana; it's pipe weed. Pipe weed. It's old Toby. It's old Toby. <laughs> anyway, it's long bottom leaf. Long bottom leaf. That's my favorite. <laughs> anyway, so, okay. uh, wh- oh yeah, so Niggle's trying to paint an entire tree, and he can't. Because it's like his desire to make the level of detail that he wants uh, can't ever be realized because he lives in a real world with other obligations. He has to, you know, go to work and, you know, do do all the duties of his daily life. Yeah. So those kind of intrude on his ability to actually create the tree that he's always wanted to create. Right. But then he goes on a journey, which has to be some kind of analogy for death, right? 
That's how I see it. Right, right, right. So when he yes. dies, he goes into quote unquote, you know, leaf by niggle heaven, which right, right, right. He sees his tree that he's always wanted to work on. He went on looking right. at his tree, and the leaves, all the leaves he had ever labored at, were there as he had imagined them, rather than as he had made them. And there were others that had only budded in his mind, and many that might have budded if he only had had the time. Nothing was written on them. They were just exquisite leaves, yet they were dated as clear as a calendar. So this, so it's like right. Tolkien felt like he was, in writing his stories, he was following this idea that existed almost out in space or in the conceptual realm and you know had he had the time he would have he would have written the stories of the second age with the level of detail that he wrote the stories of the third age you know what i mean like he would yeah. have been able to uh -huh. had he had the time and if, if he didn't have the duties of teaching or the just family duties not that that i mean we can't really complain because one human can only well, do luckily so for tolkien Luckily for Tolkien, uh, Amazon's here to fill in those gaps. <laughs> <laughs> so one more thing. Sorry. So remember when I said about the, no, 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 the, no, no, no. the distances? So this is yeah. Niggle. And after he looks at his tree, again, this is he's dead, basically. And he's in heaven. Right. So he's in the almost the world, the spiritualized realm of artistic creation. Like almost the Jungian collective unconscious, as it were. As he walked away, he discovered. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I was just talking the other day with the guys who work about the Jungian level of the self, collective unconscious. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he goes past the tree and he goes to see the mountains. As he walked away, he discovered an odd thing. The for he discovers the forest and the mountains. Right. He discovers an odd thing. The forest, of course, was a distant forest, yet he could approach it, even enter it, without it losing that particular charm. He had never before been able to walk into the distance without turning it into mere surroundings hmm. so like in the real world if you try to walk into the distance that retains that from a distance has a kind of uh a magic quality to it yeah like you said when we when we get there it becomes mere surroundings and it loses that charm but he, he imagines like almost in the heavenly realm of the beyond he hopes almost our tolkien almost hopes that or at least through niggle niggles his hope is or he's describing a situation where you can actually go into the distance and it still retains the charming quality of distance but you can enter that yeah i don't know it's you just know, really interesting in, in a way you know in, in a way um he probably used this as a i mean Speculate, speculating, speculating, uh, for, speculating for for, for uh, Lothlorien and pro uh, probably Rivendell. You know, yeah. where it's like, oh, th these are in the distance, but here we are, and, and, and well, it's magical. You know, I think I think all of Middle Earth is like that. In the real world, the distance loses enchantment when you go into it. Tolkien wanted to. I think he wanted to, one of the ways that Middle Earth was so en enchanting is that he wanted to cast a a spell of enchantment over a place that you can in enter. 
Well, right, you know, right. Like, no, it's, yeah, it yeah, maintains, no, but that's like, it retains that sense of enchantment, even though you can go into it. You but, know, but that's from like the reader standpoint, the reader standpoint. But like yeah. from like from a character standpoint, you know, like the Shire is probably like, oh, these people are stupid. Like, look at all these <laughs> right, dumb, right. dumbass hobbits. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ah, 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 ah,